to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. All right, we back. Motherfucker Tough Talk Podcast. Uh, here with my co-host, Ibrahim Khalif. Say yeah. what up. What up, y'all? Uh, we got a special guest. We got uh, Dominic Leonelli. Yo, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Very funny guest uh, from Ohio. Yeah. Okay. What part of Ohio are you from? Northeastern, a little town outside of Akron called Youngstown. Youngstown. Okay. Black Keys. Is that right? The Black Keys is from Youngstown. Black Keys. Oh, that's from cool. Young's good to know. Town. I didn't know that. Yeah. You didn't? No. There's a song I know somebody always talks about, about the oh. mill or something. Bruce Springsteen. I don't know. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm from Jersey and I'm not even a Springsteen motherfucking. A lot of, <laughs> lot of Jersey niggas is you gotta have ripped God. jeans and shit. Yeah. You gotta, <laughs> gotta rep your people, man. Yeah. Springsteen. <laughs> rip, rip yeah, you don't get a lot of people from Jersey. I'm from Indiana, so we gotta know. Michael Jackson, that's like the last better. motherfucker. Mike Epps, that's pretty much it, man. Richard So you're a fellow Midwesterner. Uh, did you start comedy in Ohio? Yeah, yeah, I started at uh, the first real comedy club was the Funny Stop in Akron, Ohio. Yeah. Funny Stop, okay, dope. What, what year did you start there? Man, you know, I don't even know the exact year. I want to say, truthfully, it was 2000 and... Uh, uh, I know I was 23. I'm pretty sure I was 23. I didn't keep an exact start date. Got you. Just kind of went and did it, probably on a bet. Yeah, I had a guy, I worked at a car wash, and this dude was working there, and he told me, he said, hey, man, uh, you do stand-up. That's a stand-up joke. I do stand-up, too. And I was like, dude, I I was just lying. I was like, yeah, I do stand-up. I do it here. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know what stand-up was in Ohio. We didn't really have clubs like that. Mm -hmm. I called one club when I was 18. The guy was like, oh, you got to be famous and do comedian stuff. So I let it go. That is always interesting because you're like you feel like you're funny, and then it's just like, well, how the fuck do I start? And then once you realize how you start, you're like, oh, I just start. That's how you start. Yeah. So yeah. literally, day one, you are a comedian, same as everybody else that <laughs> does yeah. comedy, which is weird. I feel like we need some type of licensing. <laughs> you need a criterion yeah. to hit. Like if you, you need, need a license to yourself. be Spider Man in Times Square. Then you should need a fucking license to do comedy because it's, it's so much bullshit going on that it's just like, Jesus Christ. It's literally a free-for-all. Yeah, yeah it's you a free-for-all and people don't know what they're seeing. I think there should be maybe a pro-am label. Until, <laughs> like a D-League? Until you can like, pass. Like yeah, like a D-League, like a development league, <laughs> a minor league system, almost like how uh, basketball is and baseball. When I first started this shit, that's what I thought it was. I thought, you know, because yeah. everybody got to pay you do shit. I yeah. thought it was like literally, hey, motherfuckers see you grinding in the mic scene or whatever. Then eventually you move up. I mean, so it, it's almost like you, you it only kind of is what makes it bad is two things. One is the audience perspective because they don't know what they're walking into. Sometimes, you know, they're just in the village or wherever and someone's like, comedy show, comedy show. Then they come in and it's not what they were expecting. They're expecting quality level. They don't realize how much what they see on TV. How many of them motherfuckers is learning on they don't the job? Reali- yes. They don't realize that it's <laughs> yeah. on the job training yeah. and that that's how you get good at it. And they also don't realize... What they see on TV has been ran through so many filters and it's so worked out. It's so worked out that, you know, at that point, it's perfect. 
Although some of the shit they put up now is not worked out at all. <laughs> but that's another story for another time. <laughs> but yeah, that and then also the comedians sometimes don't know where it's just like, do you understand that you're not ready? You're a <laughs> Yeah, you started in Ohio. Not really sure about what year. <laughs> He's like the Kimbe Mutombo used to be on the basketball cards. <laughs> like the Africans on their date of birth. <laughs> on their day of DOB for most of the African players used to just be a question mark. Like, look, this motherfucker might be 37. He might be 38. We don't know. Yo. He's like a soccer player from Bolivia. <laughs> we just know he had an Adam's apple, so he was ready. <laughs> he was in the Adam's apple, so he was ready, yo. That's how it be, man, but there's what it is. So how was what your first you? experience going on stage? When you like finally went on stage, how was that first experience? It was actually really good, man. I went up, and I had like four of my friends there. It was a light crowd, man. And, uh, you know what's funny? I had the tape somewhere, and... Uh, <laughs> I, I watched the tape, and um, I was at my girlfriend was at the table recording it, mm-hmm. and first five minutes, all I got, at the very end, I just got, <laughs> that's all you Damn. get. Damn. <laughs> yeah, you got a chuckle at the chuckle. end? What do you mean the first five? Or, how, how long five? was the... Yeah, it took oh, five minutes. It's like that's the first closet. five, like, did they hear it ten? <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey, I've heard some shit now. Midwest, you can get off. It was a mic or... Yeah, it was a contest. New, oh, okay. Uh, Northeastern Ohio's uh, search for funniest amateur comedian or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, I got five. I just got that at the end, and then you, I watched the tape. Hey. <laughs> you hear me going up to the camera, and I'm like, "Oh damn, baby, I killed it." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you got that chuckle, baby. Long as they didn't boo, sometimes. Oh, I was hooked. Oh, I got that man. chuckle. Word I up. was hooked. You get a couple sometimes, of laughs. It's a wrap. But sometimes it's like your first back, time. Yeah. Having sex, it's like, yo, I got it in. I got it in. I got it in. I stroked it once. (laughs) She enjoyed it. She she screamed. (laughs) (laughs) Not realizing it's in disgust. Hey, that's hard. Some of us don't make it that far our first time. I remember one time I tried to pull my shit out. I was was mad young. But yeah, I pulled my shit out and that shit just went... I said, well, we'll try again next week. That's all, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a TV show. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah, it time. is awkward. You first go up, you just even little shit like taking the mic out the mic stand is like a yeah. two-minute yeah. thing that you got to figure out. That oh, you're choking all out. the way up near the what you call yeah. it. You're fucking with the mic cord. Like I can still tell an amateur as soon as like. Soon as they get to the stage, they're already talking before they had the mic out the mic stand. <laughs> then they don't move the mic stand behind them, and it's little shit like that that I'll be looking at, like, yo, that joke hit hit about a six on a scale of one to ten. It would have been a seven if you'd have just put the mic stand behind you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because of that, everyone's staring at the mic stand in front of you. It's like weird shit, like mm-hmm. beginner shit, like having the condom on. As soon as you take your pants off, the chick is like, whoa, whoa, don't you need to put it on? you like, baby, it's already on. It's been on all day. Hey. It's been on during dinner. Hey, I did that shit one time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that used to be the hard part when I was like 16. It's like trying to put it on was hard. That should have throw your whole shit off. She's staring at you while you do it. Y'all trying to make sure ain't nobody coming. <laughs> Shit was tough. I don't know, man. 
man. I was always about setting setting the right opportunity. Setting the mood. I not the mood. Doing that, the like opportunity. And shit. Yeah, no, I ain't like no fucking candles. Some red I'm lobster biscuits. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I would go to Shannon that. Shannon made biscuits. Hey. Shut with them biscuits. You know what's up. Man sets nah, the mood had, like them biscuits. I had an older chick. Yo, my first time, yo, I had an older broad. Yeah. Yo, she was 21. See. I lied yeah. about my age. I was 16. I lied about my age, man. You into it? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah, how it yeah, works. Yeah. Why had that older print? No, wasn't old. it was just a motherfucker that was already, he played ball, and he was already getting pussy. So, he <laughs> so told the you thing exactly was, he's like, man, it. it was his mission. I'm going to get you some pussy hey. this summer. So he lied to my girl. He's like, hey, can you know, come spend a night, blah, blah, blah. My grandma was like, ah, yeah. I went over. We was over for a week. A week. His sister was away. He had the whole apartment to himself. Hey. Bro, these these two chicks he knew from the um one chick he was already fucking with from a church. Yeah. And she brought her friend. And from I had already a talked church. to her on a, I had already talked uh-huh. to her on the phone. She how old are you? I'm like, I'm eighteen. She was like yeah. twenty. Bro, yeah. I talk so much shit. I talk so much shit. Then we got down to it and she's like, Why are you? I was like, I'm a virgin. <laughs> you told her? I'm a virgin. You confessed? Yeah. But it seemed like it turned her on more. Yeah. yeah. It turned yeah. her on more. And then, yo. Yeah. I, I was like, right. Hey, see, you, you was lucky. See, yeah, I started off at staircases and shit. Yeah, you was. In the park. <laughs> yeah, I had like my I first said. in the park, too. Yeah. Yo, yo, I'm the sliding like board. Sliding board. Yeah. Sliding board. Sliding board. I didn't know what I was doing. No, I, was, I was like 15. She was 15. My friend kind of I hope so. <laughs> you said a sliding board. <laughs> um, she didn't have a mom. She just had her dad. I don't think she knew how to take care of herself all like that. Like, not Uh-oh. nothing. But so oh, I thought so they all funky? smelled that bad. I was like, yo, like, even our friends were like, do you smell real cute? Like, I know it sounds like an actor. Yeah. Woo! Damn. We were like, oh my God. And dude, that shit scarred me for like a year yeah. and a half. That shit, <laughs> I couldn't wash that shit off my face. Oh. I was wiping it in grass. Oh, it was you're still in your shit. Your that shit was just like rancid. But she, had, <laughs> she didn't have a mom. So you know her dad she, never told her. She was wiping from back to front. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she couldn't she really was back. Not back to front. She was wiping back to she front. She was back to oh. front. Oh man. <laughs> She had some toxic crusader pussy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had no clue what I was doing. First times are a motherfucker. So, how long did it take you after that first time to get back on stage? It was, oh, man. I'll tell you what. I think I was right back on. Well, the club I was at made it so difficult. I ended up starting to do my own. But I would drive up there like 45 minutes, and the dude would just be like, and I, I don't know. He'd be like, hey, you're not getting up. You've been natural 45, 45 minutes. minutes. Yeah, a lot of y'all. Don't know if you on the coast, if you in L- well in L.A. You know even, but in New York, I mean, you can take one train and do five shows. Mm-hmm. But fucking Midwest and everywhere else, show. you gotta drive. Like I remember driving an hour to Chicago and trying to get there before the list is full. Yeah, then people lying and signing up other people and all mm-hmm. kind of yo. shit. You like yo, I just drove two hours. From Indianapolis, so mm-hmm. engine overheating. Yeah, <laughs> then I remember I started I did, I did started at Crackers in Indiana, Indianapolis, Broad Ripple, and we was basically only getting up once every two, three months. <sighs> like they had us on rotation, and then you couldn't say fuck, you couldn't curse. Yeah, and then like I already, or you get banned. I remember getting banned for ninety days, and you know how like. At some point, your reflexes kick in. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to try to just read my set 
verbatim because I knew if I started thinking about it, I would just start talking like me and right. say fuck. And I remember saying fuck. And right as I said it, fuck. And seeing the dude give me the light and all that shit. And yeah, you're banned for 90 days. It was like he couldn't wait. You're like, motherfucker, I only get up once every 90 days anyway. <laughs> exactly. You mean, you mean to the point where I, my next rotation? Yeah. Okay. So you're like, how, how am I supposed to get good at this shit if I'm only getting up? Now, granted, we started having like bowling alleys and little yeah. bars that people would do shows at. You know, the ambush shows where people are having their dinner and then we're yelling at them. How's everybody feeling? <laughs> it's like, the fuck is this? Yo, yo, how many of y'all in here on a date? And they're all looking everybody. up like everybody, motherfucker. You're the only one here ruining things. <laughs> Asking us random questions. Is this part of a survey? Man, to think about Sometimes when I think about it, it's like, would you really go through all that bullshit again? <laughs> yeah, I do think about that myself. Like, yo, what? But well, now that you know better, right? It's like, uh, I don't know. But it, it kept your. But the thing is, is like. The way I look at stand up, and like I said, to parallel stand up, what I do is I watch a lot of um, I watch a lot of fucking videos about like wrestling, pro wrestling. Shit. Yeah, yeah. And they talk about dude. and they talk about the business, and they talk yeah. about how you protect the business. How back in the day it was before it got all yeah. this, they had this thing called kayfabe where they would protect the business of wrestling, mm-hmm. and it, it preserved the it preserved the sanctity of the art form. Right. So it's like whoever wanted to get in, they kind of made it hard for you to get in, but then once you were in. You learned the ins and outs. You learned it was a work. You learned different things about it. So it made it probably hard back in the day when y'all started because they wanted to keep it from what it is now, where everyone feels as though they're a comedian. Yes. They got an Instagram. They got whatever. Right. They classify themselves as a comedian versus you drove those two, those hour and a half, those 45 minutes or whatever, so you could be able to get up. You only got up once every three months to, to see if you really wanted it. And then once the motherfucker saw you, they was like, all right. They'll probably bring you in and whatever. You know what I mean? It's frustrating at first. The, uh, but it thing. protects the business, though. And then one of the other big things that is annoying with comedy is... Well, one is just like you were saying. It's almost a secret society, like a fraternity. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's one degree of separation away. Mm-hmm. Like, I was watching uh, the Kevin Hart documentary on yeah, Netflix. I, I, Did y'all check that, that out? I didn't see that. I it's binged good. the whole shit, yeah. You could practically watch it on mute and just watch the places he's going, the arenas he's doing, and his homes. Mm-hmm. And I said that plural with an S. Yeah, word. And that shit would inspire the fuck out of you. But as I'm watching it, like I said, it's important to remember we all one step away. It really is made men. Like... Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there looking at it, and I opened for Alonzo Bowden in D.C. like a month ago. Uh, he let me feature for him down in D.C. What did we do? Uh, Arlington Draft House. Dope dope spot, by the way. Yeah, but uh, as I'm sitting there watching it, he's on the TV, and I'm like, oh, shit. That's crazy. Like, literally everybody and everything is one, one step, step away. away yeah. You literally could make one phone call and then reach that person, even if you don't know. That's why I like what you're saying sometimes for the social media and different stuff, the Facebooks and all this shit, where you get these people who have these outlandish statements and you're just like, yo, that person's one phone call away. So a lot of times it's kind of funny to sit back and watch on Facebook. You'll see somebody say something about somebody that someone else opened for. Mm -hmm. And then you literally sit back and wait for it. Okay, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 
You see somebody pop into the comments. Yo, motherfucker, what's up with... Next thing you know, the post is gone. The phone call was made. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's my people's. Small mm-hmm. world. You don't have five fucking minutes. Right. <laughs> so uh-huh. who, who the fuck are you talk to be talking about someone's hour or whatever? And I mean, I get that we all have those opinions. But I think the bigger point that you was hitting at was it's not just comedy. Mm-hmm. Think about back when everybody... Took for people took photography classes. Mm-hmm. Everybody now has a fucking camera that on their phone the yeah. that does all the work for them. There really is no technique anymore. Every idiot with a camera is a fucking photographer. Think they have an eye. Every cute girl thinks she's a model. Yeah, it's hey, like cute. it's, it's oh, easy. not even cute. It makes <laughs> you feel like yeah, yeah, not even cute. You're really <laughs> right. It makes it you cheapens f- the it, it cheapens the brand. It Everything's the been so cheapened. <laughs> so with some women, I'd rather look at carpet. You start checking out the apartment around yeah. them. <laughs> Those some nice. That's some nice wood trimming there, right away. Well, yeah, we we like to think it's just us, but yeah, everything has been everything cheapened. has been kind of brought down in value. You know, a bit in some weird they way. The, they pull back the fucking curtain. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, you can be a comedian too. Yeah. It's like, which it's, is, it's a chick I know. You know, what I mean, she's doing mics and she's classified herself a comedian. Like, yeah. it took me a while to change anything to be like, yo, I'm a comic. Yeah, right. Even then, you know, it took a while because I believe that title should be earned. But that's why it's I'm like, saying you know, we need licenses. It's people who ain't been on stage and. You know, 12 years talking about, yeah, I'm a comedian. And then it's like, granted, if you got to a certain level and then you quit, once a comedian, always a comedian. But were you even a comedian? (laughs) That's why I said I think we need licenses. You need a license to be goddamn Spider-Man in Times Square. Yeah, You know that? (laughs) Yeah. Because they they were getting the tips and then, you know, they would get angry about (laughs) the tips and then chase after somebody. Now you're at the police station like, yo, Spider-Man beat my ass. And they're like, which one? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So now they all got licenses. They all register numbers. You gotta do five minutes. You should. You know what it should be. You know when you do driving school, you gotta log in your hours. It's like, no, you gotta have a host sign that a fucking sheet. Yeah, yeah. We need a hundred hours before yeah. you. But even come. then, you know these bringer show motherfuckers would be just taking money. <laughs> give me two hundred, I give you your license. Yeah. Shit would be like uh, car registration down there. Motherfucker, give you a fake tag. Ain't seen the insurance people. Your expiration date, <laughs> y'all fucked up. Like yeah, license number two zero six one. Call my wife. A cunt. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got five different two hundred six ones. Which one? Now it's a scam. Like right. Like, <laughs> like, now you like wait. That wasn't me. I wasn't even there. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> you getting all these citations? <laughs> yeah, it's all bad. But yeah, we need some type of system, man. And it's, it's there is apprenticeship, and there is uh, some sense of like I said, made men, and it really is a small circle. But like I said, what's crazy is. You really can't tell anyone they're not in the circle. But there are a lot of people who aren't in the circle at all. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, man. Mm. And just some of those unwanted opinions, I think, or unwarranted opinions get out there. What the fuck were we talking about? You, about you starting. Comedy. Uh, <laughs> what, when did you come to New York, man? Ohio. I, uh, dude, I came out here on vacation. Uh, it's been... Eight years, actually. You know, it's funny. This is the anniversary. That's January second. Exactly eight years I've been in New York. Congratulations, man. I came on vacation and never went back. Never went back. Yeah, man. 
I made a plan. I said, if I get past it, one club. Actually, I met you then. I met you eight years ago today. That's Phil. crazy. Hey, yeah. hey. You see my sad audition. Happy, happy anniversary. I don't remember your audition. Did yep. I see it? Was I there? Maybe. You guys were there, but I don't. Oh, no. You know what It happened? always feels like we were there because me and uh, Dom, Dom, me and Dom met uh, Comic Strip, right? Yeah. Comic strip, late night auditions, which, yeah, if you don't know, Chris Rock used to stack chairs at Comic Strip. And they just kept it around as a tradition. That's where you go up after the 8 o'clock show. So you go up pretty well into the night to make sure your ass is funny. Especially that. And a lot of times the audience members are leaving. A few might stick around and check it out. So, like I said, it makes the level of difficulty for your audition that much fucking harder. It's hard to be funny at fucking 10.30 when everybody's already drunk. And they've already seen the show. And they've already seen the show. And they've already seen good pros, you know, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so how how did that go, man? You got here, you said, eight years ago to this day. Yeah. Damn, man, that's dope. So the way it originally worked out was I came out here. I wasn't going to stay this long. I went to all these clubs. Nobody would even look at me or talk to me. Yo, this ain't the process. I go to the strip, and it's D.F. Sweetener there, and I'm asking, how do you do it? He's like, oh, well, you know, you got there's a process we got about the line and all this and that. So I was like, okay, cool. So and, um, uh, I ended up coming back the next day anyways, you know, just to come back to the club. It was my last day in town. And I'm just telling a joke, actually, and um, Richie, I didn't realize it was to Richie, the owner. And, like, Chuck Nice and Roberto Vander, Vanderpool. Vanderpool, okay. Yeah, very funny comics. So they kind of were laughing at what I was saying. They kind of talked to Richie with me, and Richie was laughing. They said, you know what, that's funny. I'm going to actually give you an audition. So he said, come back tomorrow. So it was snowed out. So he said, come back tomorrow. Then he was sick, and I had to extend my trip. And then he's like, listen, I promise you'll get your audition. And it was uh, Jimmy Fallon. You know him? Jimmy, yeah, he's I remember funny. him. Yeah, Hell, Jimmy Fallon. He went up and just, dude, I'm telling you, for 20 minutes. Kicking ass. <laughs> Yo, and then they go, okay, we're going to do, um, we got an auditioner coming for late night. So I ended up doing actual late night set. But there wasn't many people there, man. I felt like I bombed. And Richie still passed me and he, he pulled me outside. And he said, um, he was like, you can't write a joke to save your life. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> and he was like, um, hang out with Nico and he'll, he'll help you with writing some jokes, Nico and these guys. And they knocked on a picture of Eddie Murphy. And he's like, but you got something more importantly. And this is what he said, man. I don't know. I tell everybody. He's nah, like, he like, you got what's known as it. And he's like, I never wrong pick him, but... He's like, truthfully, like Adam Sandler, you know, he, this is what he said, man. He's yeah, like, uh, folks, he's he's speaking of Richie, Richie, uh, Richie Tinkin, who owns the comic strip, was Eddie Murphy's first manager, also managed Adam Sandler. Nah, that's a dope story, bro. I, I'll, I'll tell you mine about the same as yours, coming yeah. from Indianapolis and literally did Gladys's room uh, that has the room there at like six o'clock. Did that a few times, got a tape of that. Then I bugged JR, who was managing at the time. Didn't know that there was an actual audition process. I just had been reading that Chris Rock started this, so I wanted to go there. Bugged him two or three times in a row. And he just said, yo, basically you're getting on my nerves, kid. Come back next Tuesday. Came back next Tuesday. And the long line of people or whatever that it was to audition... I remember going up, like, I think I went up, like, third. And by then, it's only, like, five people left. 
it's a big Puerto Rican dude, and it's like four chicks just with him for whatever reason. <laughs> and after the third person, I think, he was getting up out of his seat to leave. And I forget who was hosting, but the person goes, hey, man, these this is these kids' dreams. Like, this is their big night. This is their audition night, and you're about to leave on it. And he was like, ah, you know, I got to go. We've been here a while. You know, they've been there probably two and a half hours. So he goes, all right, we'll stay for one more. But if the next one sucks, we leaving. And I went up and caught that motherfucker with the first joke. And he sat back down. And then I got passed. So Damn. I've been performing story. there ever since. And yes, yeah, it's, it's an honor to, you know, get passed there. Like I said, you can read the book about the strip. What What is it called? The book about the strip? I don't know. No, I There's don't. a book that is written by... Uh, Jeffrey Gurian about the comic strip. I forget what the name of it, but you'll read how Tony Rock, Chris Rock, uh, Jim Gaffigan, all these people got passed, which to me, that's the problem I see with comedy is that it's the all shows are good. It's good to have a place to go to practice and to learn. But what you find now is a lot of the TV and a lot of the uh, producers of TV shows are out there. And these people never come back to anybody to get past. Yeah. So there's no standard. Mm. The standard's been lowered. So now you'll see these people with wild credits and you'll be like, hey, shit. but this doesn't sound like anything. Where are the punchlines? Whereas everybody used to have to go through, you know, Carson or everybody used to have to go see Bob Sumner at Def Jam and meet that standard, that bar. So everybody was hitting at a certain level. But nah, that's dope that you got past there, man. And yeah, we met there and me, you, Nico, Anthony DeVito, who else? It was mad people there. Yeah. Nick Callis. Now, so what, many people. Yeah, yeah. Um you know who I missed too, man. Who's the other dude who used to always Ruben. Ruben, man. That motherfucker. <laughs> Ruben Garcia. I miss Ruben, if you're man. listening, motherfucker, we miss you. The squad <laughs> misses you. But yeah, we used to be in there jamming late at night. One in the morning. People, Sometimes that's yeah, crazy, People man. getting up and leaving and all kind of shit. But that shit builds bonds, man, that lasts to this day. But, yeah, you've been here eight years now, man. That time fucking flies, dog. Yeah. So, uh, you know, who who inspired you to want to do a comedy? That's what's funny is two people, ironically. Um, the person that signed me up for the open mic, who's still one of my favorite comedians ever, who is Jimmy Bartok. He's a road comic. He's like 30 years in the game. If you ever see where he's at, check him out. He's really cool to watch. Back in Ohio. Back in Ohio, yeah. And then, um, ironically, just a weird way he inspired me was hanging with Mr. Cooper. Did I ever tell you this story? Nah. So, um, Curry. Mark, Mark Curry. My, he came to our hometown. Like I said, we didn't have no comedy clubs, nothing. It was like a celebrity. It, this dude from the TV set is coming to our town. I used to watch Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That was yeah. my show. And then my parents got all dressed up. Everybody in the neighborhood was talking about hanging with Mr. Cooper. And I stayed up all night. I heard my parents getting ready to leave. And then they went. I was a kid, like six or seven. And we had a babysitter come. And I just waited in bed to hear about the show. And my dad came back. And they were all laughing, talking about how good the show was. And all this crazy shit. Like a dude actually overdosed. In line right before the show on Coke and <laughs> crazy or what? Damn. Damn. And like some fight broke out because like 
what he used to do was uh, he pulled people's girls on stage and act like he was fucking them. Like, My courage? Back in the day, yeah. <laughs> so, like, some dude was, like, pissed about that. And I remember just hearing all about that. And they were like, yeah, and he just went up there and he was just talking to us and he was funny. And I remember thinking, like, man, that's kind of like what I do. I was, like, thinking, man, I could do that. And it was always in my mind since then. Mm. Cool, yeah. Mr. Mr. Cooper, uh, Mark Curry is a dope comedian. I seen him. Last time I saw him, he was opening for Cat Williams at the Barclays. And I shouldn't say opening, more like featuring, because Cat will throw, you know, four or five people up right before him. And mm. it was dope. Like, it was actually right after the fight. After Cat got beat up oh, by the middle shit. schooler. Oh, so, literally, the next weekend, me and Nico went to Barclays and got to check out Cat Williams. And, I mean, that motherfucker was talking all his shit. Cat hmm. actually did. He did a one-on-one show just for New Yorkers. Hmm. Which, like, all he talked about was New York. He talked about the pizza, different blocks. Cat's a funny motherfucker. But that so, was so similar about... That was, like, similar to his... Netflix special we talked about Jacksonville for the old Yeah, time. but that's yeah. his thing. Yeah. Is, you know, opening twenty minutes or whatever. I think some people try to take comedy too seriously to where it's like, yo, just fucking have fun. Like that's who Dom reminds me of. Dom has fun, like he's not all serious. He's all not like, let's talk about the war and defer. <laughs> Whereas I feel like some New York comics are extra political <laughs> when it does yeah. when it's not called for. Right. You know, ten minutes of fuck Trump and it's just like you ain't said nothing yet. Yeah, we right. we still waiting on you to say something. Like Dom Dom has that smooth, like conversational kind of Dom style. Got like, fl- Dom got flavor. Almost like a <laughs> like a flavor. young like a young Ron White or something. <laughs> Yeah, and for the listeners, uh, Dom, Dom is white, actually. Like, <laughs> I know y'all probably hearing his voice. And y'all like, I can't figure out if this well, motherfucker... He was talking about his girl when he's at LOL, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this motherfucker got a black girlfriend. some real shit. I, I'm just waiting for the reveal, like... Because he be like, yeah, man, what's going on, baby? You know? You know like... <laughs> Dom, you Italian, right? Yeah. So he's the other white meat. He, yeah, yeah. Italian, so. Sicilian? Uh, like, just yeah, picture, yeah. picture a dude. Right, and that makes sense then. Picture a dude in a tracksuit. That's all of this shit is being said. It's like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Sicilian guys. Cool as fuck. Uh, you did a big gig, actually, recently. You uh, opened for somebody at Caroline's. Did you yeah. open? You host or you I featured? I was featuring for um, Norm the whole week. And for Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald? Yeah. Dope, man. Yeah, it was cool. I got to hang with him, talk to him. He asked me to open for him when he comes back to East Coast. Yeah, you got to open for him at Caroline's, right? Yeah, and it was the same weekend as um, New York's Funniest, so... Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it was part of New York's Funniest. Day. Yeah, it was also in the New York Comedy Festival, yeah. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's big. How, about how big was those crowds? It's packed? Packed out, man. Love. When I say packed out, I mean they added seats. 320-plus every show. Nice. Yeah. And, and Norm, Norm's a dope uh, comic, man. Yeah, he it's, is. It's 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 good as like we just had the analogy about having like a developmental league or something like that. It's like yeah. when you do a show like that, it's uh you feel like you're called up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like hey, the Yankees need a shortstop. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's all right, cool, uh-huh. you know what I mean? But that's one of the reasons right. to move to the coast because now you do see a lot of people pop off social media and they get the big agent, the big manager, and they never have to move out, which, which two things. One is, just like I was saying, there's no standard. If you're the best comedian in, let's just say, North Carolina, are you even the best? Co- you know what I mean? Like, who are you playing against? And then two is that just like you're saying, with a lot of these bigger headliners nowadays, they'll take their boys, which, I mean, we'll probably run into these same problems to where 
they're taking their boys out for so long that it's like they don't even want to touch. You got a forty year old opener. Yeah, a forty year old opener like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's as good as he's gonna get. Right, right. Yeah. That's, that's as good as that that's guy's what gonna I like get. About uh, D.L. Hughley, he has uh, Clint Coley. Okay. Oh, cool. And then he has Bo Dacious. It's almost, so you got like a guy in his late twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got a guy that's in his early forties. Yeah, Bo, Bo's my guy. Uh, shout, shouts out to Bo, actually. Then, yeah, the Bo, Bo, Bo's the homie. Uh, I know both through Leonard. Leonard Oots and, uh, you know, Virginia. Both of them is from mm-hmm. Virginia or whatever. But, uh, yeah, sometimes you see that to where, actually, the funny thing is, and I don't know if both of you know this, but Seinfeld mm-hmm. and Chris Rock had the same opener for a while. Remember, uh, it was Mario the, the Mar- Mario, Mario Joyner. Right, 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 right. Really funny dude, yeah, but shit. they had to cut him off at some point and go like, you're good enough. To yeah. be your own thing, and like yeah, he said on the Western day. He said, "Out of comedians' cars getting coffee." He said he's comfortable being an opener. He's yes, like, he's comfortable being an opener or a feature because he makes good money. And think about it, he makes he has to be making really good fucking money opening for. Chris oh no, no, he made great money. That great was money. their point. The yeah, point was like, like, but he's good enough to be his own head. The point head. was, dude, it's it's been long enough. It's time to move on. <laughs> You've been here on the bottle with the training wheels on. <laughs> when the reality is, you gotta be building. You popping willies with those training wheels, and that's, now. <laughs> and that's damn near it. So I think they should damn near set a limitation. But I think that's one of the things that stalls and holds the game up to where it's like, oh. For real? <laughs> I realize that now, that statement you just said. 25 like, years of opening? Yeah, well, you're saying you got to be on your own. That's the truth. We have to go out and get these fans. Like, ain't nobody else going to get them. Right, but we need the platforms as well. We don't have some of the platforms we used to have. And just the ways people watch TV are completely different. But we'll get off comedy, man. Uh, growing up in Ohio, how was that, man? Uh, did you... Kind of stay in the same school system, same town. Did you live there, like, your whole life? Yeah. Yeah, I lived pretty much in the same town. There was two different neighborhoods. There was, like, as I like to call, the urban neighborhood and the white neighborhood. Like, the, like the, 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 So the white like poor section. So the white poor section and the black poor section. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Well, so what happened was when I was 16... My father. He's got, got money. <laughs> it's the preface. It's the pre- Well, what happened? Let me tell what you. What had happened was the recession. Right. Yeah, my father got remarried, and oh. you know, I, like to me, a twenty minute to show you, like people in their cities and stuff would definitely get this, but like it's uh to me driving like fifteen minutes out of my hood was like crazy. Like yeah, for me to go drive to Gordon. I'm like, I can't drive to Boy. I might get arrested or something. You know, like, this is Boy. You got legal plates. Like, you can't have an exhaust. So we were kind of stuck in our little area. Yeah, Youngstown. And I just stayed in that little town until my dad turned, I turned 16. He remarried. And I went to, I guess what's more known as like a, a regular school. I don't know. It was like real classes and fucking books. And shit. Hold up. Where'd you go to school? <laughs> oh, I went to that. Tri- I'll tell you, man. Like, when I say it was the hood, it was like, we went to a high school. Nothing really mattered, man. Like, there Nothing really mattered. to teach you shit. Like, this just sounds like called, a dangerous mind. It was. <laughs> dude, just like it. Was Michelle Pfeiffer your teacher? <laughs> it was a dude named Mr. Fields. Woodrow Wilson. They shut down. 
Ah, Woodrow Wilson. I'm glad it was named after a white dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. Time. No, be flunking at no black school. Yo, we didn't do Motherfucker shit. Motherfucker come That's back, walk in, and shake his head like, why'd y'all name this motherfucker <laughs> after me? Everybody here is dumb. <laughs> this is not what I fought for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should be named after Stokely Adam Clayton Powell. Stokely Carmichael High School. Like everybody, <laughs> than a motherfucker. Like once they receive the grades, they should change the name. This is now Flavor Flav High School. <laughs> so you motherfuckers get these grades up. But he didn't finish high school exactly, Dang. motherfucker. <laughs> but nah, that's cool, man. Did you get in a lot of fights growing up? Were you an only child? No, I had an older brother, and then later on, after I was eighteen, a little sister. But yeah, I was uh, my older brother's uh, my half brother. He was never really around. I guess I was kind of an only child. Me and my best friend Dave, we used to we hung out every day. He's more my brother actually. Shouts out to Dave. He's the brother. Yeah, that's the homie. He's the comedian. Man, if this dude would ever do stand, you know, you got that. We all got them, man. I'm telling you, bro, my face would hurt from this dude. Yeah, we all got them, and I feel like most comedians weren't the guy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, like the friend of the the guy. Yeah. It's a kid I know I went to high school with named Femi. I've been trying to get this motherfucker on stage for years. Yeah, he just like won't do it. <laughs> you got to. He be just won't fuck. Well, that's do the it. thing. A lot of us aren't brave enough to are brave enough to get up there. That's what he said. It's he just said, like man, yo, it's the strangest. He said I can't do it. That's a motherfucker. It's what you've been doing since I've known you. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's different. Just funny, Once they man. shine that light on you, bro, it's different. Yeah, you're right. So, so do, do do you remember like maybe your first fight? Oh, yeah, actually, dude. Well, there's two. Man, I don't even know if you can call this a fight, but I had um, one kid, David Green. My father was the type of person, like, he used to kind of just bully people in general. Like, even when he was older, he would, like, <laughs> sm- I see him just smack somebody and shit. Like, my dad didn't play. Like, it, he was just like that. So I kind of had that mentality. Like, and uh, so there was this kid in school, and he was just a dork. And, man, this kid lent me his pencil. I was like, oh, it's a cool color green. It was a crown. He gave it to me. I just punched him in the stomach, man. I don't know why. <laughs> I learned from my dad, David Green. And I've been trying to find this kid. If you're out there, I'm so sorry, man. I can't find him nowhere. See? We got, you, we got an apology here. On the, on, you sent him in the high end, motherfucker. On, on the motherfucking Tough Talk podcast. That's the first. <laughs> Dom Leonelli said he apologizes. He had to have that pencil though. Well, but that's got, what it is. It's, well, it's just a little like growing up in the wild, man. Like fighting, people frown upon it and they kind of train you away from it. But the truth is, those are your survival instincts usually kicking in. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, you're going to need it. Like yeah. they try to remove bullying from schools, but it's like, nah, this is kind of how shit works. This mm-hmm. is the food chain, you know? It's life. You little, you learn to do homework and other shit. <laughs> Hide, tell, shit like that. But You gotta survive. That's so you punched this kid over a pencil? It was number two? Nah, I apologize to him. It was a crayon, actually, I think, or a colored pencil. I can't remember. You know what it was? It was them big, fat crayons. It wasn't even his. <laughs> it's just the school crayon. So Dom started off young, punching motherfuckers for crayons. So he gave you the crime and then you punched him. Punched him right after. That's, that's some bullshit. <laughs> he did what you said. Up. Then you punched him. He you probably, should never be in a hostage situation. He, he probably hasn't done what anyone said for a Don't long time. Don't look at me. Now. Huh. Wow. <laughs> it's a great thing you're a comic. I tell you what, I instantly got my karma because I was on that road of like being like my dad, trying to be tougher than everybody. But see, here's a major difference: my dad boxed, and I never did it this time. So oh I, yeah. I so your fight. dad knew how to finish. <laughs> <laughs> and I had um, one time, man. I, I'm still ashamed to admit this, but I um, I pushed a girl. I remember doing it too, man. I don't even know why I did it. 
And she punched me in the eye, straight up. Like second <laughs> second yeah. grade, dude. She didn't play, man. There's she this just... weird time period. Like, <laughs> girls go through puberty first, and they're bigger than dudes. <laughs> yeah. And there's this weird time period to where probably right about sixth grade, where girls are actually bigger than a lot of it the boys. And the shit and is funny. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we all have memories. I remember this girl, <laughs> Stacey McDowell, still remember her goddamn name to this day. <laughs> I remember she pushed me and then I just slapped her. But as soon as I did that, she turned into a girl. And I had to be like, nah, nobody saw her push me into the locker. And it was like the second straight day of her just being like, you got glasses and I'm going to fuck with you. Oh, shit. And then from then, everybody just shaking their off head as I got hauled to the office like... Hitting girls, and I'm like, this bitch is six foot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm five one. (laughs) This girl is six foot, strong and solid, and I think she had flunked grade two, so she knew what she was doing. But as soon as I did that shit, everybody judged me. And ever since then, it's like, all right, no more touching the girls because everybody's just going to judge you. <laughs> Even if you win, you lose. They get, out. <laughs> they get away with murder with that shit, man. You got to be Jay-Z in the elevator. You got to gotta, <laughs> gotta use the block button. A lot of the block button going on. But uh, yeah, man, that's a weird period. What Do you, do you remember like your first win or your best win maybe at, at fighting? Um, yeah, I'd say through boxing, it was probably, you know, it was funny. Uh, my worst loss came from that girl because I lied to my dad. I didn't tell him I pushed a girl. I, uh, he said, what happened? I was like, oh, I, I tried to make it like one of his fight stories. And I was like, oh, Anthony pulled a knife out on me. <laughs> <laughs> so you was Jesse Smollett? Yeah, Jesse Smollett. And my dad knew him. He's like, oh, Vico's son? He was like, like they had MAGA hats. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get a sandwich. He called me gay too, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad? No, no. <laughs> oh, you just making up shit. Gay Tupac, baby. Yeah, hey, yeah, sometimes he, you gotta tell a lie, yo. He brought me to that kid's house, Anthony, and we fought, and that kid whipped my ass. He's mm-hmm. like, as soon as Anthony answers, answers the door, oh, you, wait a minute, <laughs> you, you lied on Anthony. Lied yeah. on your dad was like. Felt like you were lying and was like, let's go ask Anthony. Yeah, he's like, no. You know, my dad was like, listen, as soon as Anthony opens up that door, punch him in the face or I'm hitting you. This is about being a man. And Anthony was my friend, man. He opened up the door and I just, everything I got, man, I smacked him. And your dad standing right there? Yeah, and Anthony whipped my ass all over the front. So hold on, you got beat up twice. Twice. (laughs) Once by a girl and another time for lying. Yeah. And then my dad slapped the shit out of me. So three times. Three times. Uh CPS, if you're listening, uh, I don't condone parents fighting. But that's why I try to have this podcast to talk about. It. It's like life really doesn't prepare you for fights or confrontation. If you're lucky, you get someone to say to you, like, basically, hey, this shit's going to happen. And when it, like, even now, as a 30-something-year-old man, I see kids get into it, and I am confused about which way to take. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's like... You need that. One is like, break it up. Because, damn, I don't want to see nobody get hurt or, you know, there's a better way to solve this. But then you're like, is there a better way to solve this? <laughs> then sometimes <laughs> when you see a kid lose, too, you got to remember. 
I don't know what that little motherfucker did. Yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes you just gotta lose. It's like mm-hmm. sometimes you just gotta wear that. You gotta wear that. Sometimes ass you over. gotta learn to hold that L. I remember, man, because I told you I grew up in an era of jumping motherfuckers. Like, yeah, jumping, yeah. I wasn't it. That's why a lot of my my shit was just trying not to get jumped. <laughs> like I was dolo. Yeah. I was dolo. Like I would fight one on one, but a lot of the motherfuckers would jump. So we yeah. had a lot of cowards. So, um, <laughs> trying not to get jumped. That's what it was. It was like, look, motherfuckers will always talk shit with all their boys around. And some of their boys would be your boys. It was a weird yeah. thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just this tangled web. I'm glad fucking... I'm in that so, hold on. But you, you, you told a lie. <laughs> you lied on a girl. Yeah. And your father had you go to this kid's house. So, what did he tell you? He told you as soon as this kid comes out, punch just take him, him, him in the face. He's like, as soon as he opens so the wait, door. So wait, does he open the door? Is that kid's dad home or just that kid? I don't know, to be honest. We never found... So what, the father was there? The father was there. He was just he standing was right there. He's like, come on, get up, son. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like John Witherspoon and Friday. Yeah. Come on, son. I've been down before. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hit him back. Dude, I was just fucking... I was just getting my ass beat. This kid just went crazy. He's just you know, is, he, is he older than you? My the age. Kid? Oh, I actually guys? seen him, dude. I was in the park and I seen this dude. I said, like, "What you been up to?" He's like, "Man, truthfully, just trying to rob a couple of people, get some money." Dude, I swear <laughs> to God, man. Yeah. that probably set him off. That one incident probably set him off. Yeah, yeah ever since you lied on him, you lied on him. He's been, he's been, he's been Damn. He probably was a good kid, and then he whooped your ass, and then it sent him on a Sent him into spin. the downward spiral. Dude, ten years in prison, manslaughter. God damn. Damn, man. That's crazy. You said it all started with slaughtering in front of his own dad. <laughs> Did your dad ever bring that shit up again later? Like, Yeah, he said, man, you... are you serious? I mean, I was an asshole. I'm sorry for that. I told him about it. I said, you, you know, told him you lied? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. so have you lied since? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. You try not to involve other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All his eyes are on him. It's like, <laughs> yeah, man. That's crazy. So you you took that out. Can you tell us like your best win? Best win, man, hands down. I wish I still had the tape from this. this oh, okay. Like, I used to box a little in Ohio, and I was okay. But so, anyways, more than uh, being a good boxer is I had my uncles all cut hair there at barber shops. So they were able to meet a lot of people. So they had these tickets to the fights. They would sell them. And they all oh, Dom's fighting. So everybody would come to the barbershop would buy these $10 tickets. So promoters would be like, yo, who's this kid? Dom sold like $1,000 worth of tickets. Yeah. So I started getting the bigger venues. So I had a fight one time. And it was like, you know, honestly, probably about like 500 people. Biggest fight I ever had was 4,500 people. I got my ass beat. But 4,500 <laughs> 4, people and you lost? Um, and I got Was it good out. or bad? Oh, Damn, bad. you got knocked out. Once you get knocked out in front of your girl, she will never look at you. Yeah, so that's it, it man. Even if that dude's damn good, it could be Mike Tyson. And she's like, nah, because yeah, you lost. He turned out to be the second best amateur in the country, but then he got in like a car accident or something. Mm-hmm. Damn. So why is everybody fuck with you tragic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One dude but, just got out of prison after beating your dude, ass. The other dude's quadriplegic. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is bad. Yeah. What happened? This shit is worse than pressure. This is worse than the end of the pressure. <laughs> Lee Daniels directed your life. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So you you started boxing and you lost in front of forty five hundred people. What what's that your win loss record? We had right? a lot of exhibitions. I, I don't know. I remember at one point I was four and zero, but then I lost a couple and I had like an exhibition, but not more than like thirteen fights. I probably lost three, draw one. 
But dude, this one fight, I sold all these tickets pretty much. So I sold pretty much every ticket to this one place. Damn. And it was a lot of people. Like it was a big room, whatever. And uh, the person I was supposed to fight didn't show up. And they were like, dude, you know, you still got to fight, so we're going to just get you somebody. So they just... <laughs> we're just going to get you somebody. They just toss oh, somebody into the ring. The Did they ever? Game, they just grabbed somebody. Yo, this dude, this dude was Perfect. about your size, man. I was 130 pounds. So it was pickup boxing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play pickup basketball before. Yo, yo, you doing anything? <laughs> you got about 20 minutes. Come get on the court. Yeah. You, hey, out, you, there some, your hands your you out there in some church pants, but I didn't know it was <laughs> I didn't know it was a such thing as pickup boxing. Yo, yo, somebody just yo. walk into the gym, yo, I got next. <laughs> You're in church pants. The dude showed up in some fucking church pants. <laughs> Don't you have like your name on your trunks and shit? So, yeah. so he's wearing somebody else's trunks. <laughs> dude, that is funny. Did they ever figure out where the other dude went? Nah. I, I don't know. He, he just went he MIA. Do went MIA. No, it's funny if they did it like a bringer. Hey, nobody bought tickets for you. <laughs> You're off the mat. You're off the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you the bringers. <laughs> How the fuck did you decide to get... Well, you said your dad was a boxer. So about what age did you get into boxing? I started taking it serious at like 14 and a half, 15. I was going to the gym and actually was pretty good. But I don't know. My trainer didn't really work with me too, too much. I wasn't that committed. But when I was, I was good. Yeah, man. That's a tough thing. What what do you think's tougher? You think what's worse, getting knocked out or bombing? I definitely say getting knocked out. That's why I never even really cared for bombing because I'm like, yo, man. That's what I would think. See, (laughs) Ibrahim used to box too, and I Mm -hmm. would think, I would think, yeah, hell yeah. Why would you give a fuck that people ain't lying? It's better than waking up and trying to figure out where the fuck you at. Yo, you ain't lying, man. Yo, they had this dude, so they just pulled him. He could, you know, and my dad's like, man, she's way bigger than you. I'm nervous. I remember him talking to me before. And actually, you know what's cool, man? This fight, a world champion worked my corner, Kelly Pavlik, if you're a boxing guy. Oh, yeah. He worked my corner for this fight I'm telling you about. And what he said did work, but not to mention, dude, they pulled this dude aside and I'm looking, like, you know, he tried to size up the fighter. (laughs) And they were showing him how to throw a jab. Like, it was was clear that this dude never fought in his life. Wow. And man, I just went in, whipped his ass for two rounds. Bad. He didn't know awesome. what the fuck he was doing. He quit. Was the KO. TKO? Yeah, he quit. Quit from a body shot. At the oh, he had a red ass. Yeah, threw in the towel. That's funny because in like street fights, everyone's going for the face. But if a motherfucker ever just decided to hit you in your chest, I remember I used to play baseball first grade probably, and the pitcher was out. My stupid ass is pitching now. I don't know how to pitch. I'm throwing that shit right over the plate. And that motherfucker hit that shit and came straight back and hit me right in the chest. Oh, shit. I felt like... Right off your feet. Yeah, I was like Saget for a week. You know how you had a little imprint right there? Like how Saget got hit with that Ryu, hit him with that uppercut, and he got that scar across his chest. I was like him for like a week, boy. I remember my mama had to put so much fucking Vicks ass on my chest. And then she put that shit on there. It was burning even more. But yeah. I was like, yo, That's the fuck? Yeah, getting hit in the chest. That shit is the worst. Uh, body shots. Body shots is the worst. It should changed your whole mental state yeah. on what's going if you, on. If you fucking tone your, tone your, your midsection up, you can take them pretty good. But if mm-hmm. they ever hit you with like one of them, like right, like in that corner, right where your abdomen meets your rib cage or the liver, nigga. N- 
It's yeah. a rat. <laughs> it's a rat. You be sitting there for a whole You get yeah, a yeah, shit. Yeah. Think of is, uh, remember uh, what was the shit? Was it kickboxing with Van Damme? Yeah. When uh, the dude Tom Poe, that was, uh, how you say, he was from Thailand, right? Oh, yeah. Remember he was taking the coconuts to the chest. Mm-hmm. And remember right before the fight, that motherfucker's hitting his head against the poles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He had to go out there and fight that motherfucker. He was kicking it until the plaster was falling down. <laughs> yeah, that was a serious movie, bro. Remember they had the fight in the end. They uh, dipped their hands in the glass. The glass, yep. That shit was serious. Wait, was that Pinkbox or Bloodsport? That was a good like an actor but nah you know what that makes me think of is that those movies were happening back then that was like pre-UFC mm-hmm. like I know it probably existed in the undergrounds in Arizona mm-hmm. somewhere but I'm saying like pre what you see on TV so that was all people had to get off on uh-huh. mm-hmm. which I still can't really fuck with UFC because I think one is you just grew up watching actual boxing yeah and there's the some honor in it once somebody goes to the ground, that's it. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers is on the ground just pounding each other. And I'm like, if you can watch that, you can just about watch somebody get their ass murdered. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to see UFC, that. UFC, to me, kind of, because they it, it's called mixed martial arts. But now, like, it's become its own style. All to, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like they're all training the same. It's not like I'm a, I have a specialty, you have a specialty. Let's fight because that's how UFC started. Exactly, MMA. Right, right. but sure. but now it's literally gotcha. we're doing the same. They're not specialists. Shit. Like I'm thirty percent wrestler, but I'm a I'm better with a stand up game. Same moves. You're thirty. Yeah, same. same everything. Everyone has the same move set. Versus if you have a, you're a specialist in point fighting. Yeah. And I'm a judo guy. I was saying some that's shit. That's some shit. You know what I mean? Like, so, yo, you throw a kick, I'm throwing you across the fucking yeah. ring. I, I said some shit one time, and uh, I think y'all both know Louis Gomez, boy. He threw me to the wolves. I was talking about MMA, and I said... White guys love that shit because they lack the rhythm to box. <laughs> so they can get on the ground and who has rhythm on the ground? <laughs> but yeah, that shit is just funny to me because yeah, I, I can't watch it. They're barefoot, they're damn near naked. That shit is wild. I'm the same way with it. I I'm like, I get bored even watching when they're just watch choked it. up for Yeah, it's too much. People, some of that conditioning is People good, trying right? to choke each other. You watching that shit like, does somebody owe somebody money? I need a backstory. Well, yeah, like, like porn. Some type of backstory. <laughs> I shit, like, like yo, I need a backstory. What's happening? You did that shit once. Yeah, my cousin was doing it, and on the ground, it was funny. The trainer was all like, "Okay, now 
And he couldn't touch my boxing, standing up. This is the trainer of the place. I'm getting him boxing. Yeah. And he couldn't shoot me down or whatever he's trying. I'm moving and shit, boxing normal, shit, right? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, all right, now let's go on the ground. And even like just holding you're like, here. You're like, you're like, why would I voluntarily yeah. go on the ground? Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying to where I'm like, the only a motherfucker that lacks the rhythm. Yeah, White get, people's hey. like, look, it's been 50 years since Jack Johnson started knocking motherfuckers out. And we got to... Marciano been out the game a long time. We got to do something. First it was Rocky. Now let's just try to, a whole new sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. But yeah, I can't. I can't. And they couldn't fuck with Gracie because Gracie was choking everybody the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. Too much watch that shit. All right, let me ask y'all something while y'all both here. I started a crazy argument in the barbershop because somebody was talking about Layla Ali. Okay. And all I was explaining to them was that I think I'm trying to remember them going from memory right now. Uh-huh. She was 124 pounds, I think, uh-huh. when she was boxing. And I said to him, I'm like, yo, it's the reason. Than that, but I, you might be right. I, I can't around. remember off the top of like, my head. She, like a she was 130. Nah, she, she was like, light. She was lightweight though. And I was like, not like, for not, a woman. Not, not for I mean, a woman. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, all I was saying to them, they were like, nah. So you saying you can beat her? I said, no. I said it's a reason it's illegal to hit a woman. I said she lacks the upper body strength. And I was like, I'm saying I can neutralize her. I can wrap her up. That's all I'm saying. Skill wise, I know she tear my a, fucking it, face off. Some, some, if it was a boxing match, but we were talking about just fighting, just and I was fighting? like, I was like, I would wrap her up like I do my little sister when she gets she, too hot. She, she, she a little taller than you. Yeah, so she got <laughs> she the a reach. Yeah, she, she got the reach. Legs. She got She's the reach. Wiry. She got the reach. I don't know, man. Women, I don't underestimate when women have that fury, and then we, because it's implanted in us, we're a little hesitant. When it comes to dealing um, with chicks, you know what I mean. Like yeah. even if you do, smack, it, it is a sense if of hesitation. It's a pro boxer, I ain't hesitate. Yeah, you ain't hesitate. Yeah, but what I'm saying, like even you're like, yo, it's a, it's a chick. You know what I mean? So you gonna kind of get a little fucked up. Cause I told shit. somebody that it ain't gonna be, it ain't gonna be no neutralizing you. Like that's what I'm saying. You gonna be in a full out motherfucking fight. Yeah, it ain't gonna be no neutralizing. I'm gonna be I told somebody that about Ronda Rousey, where I was like, I, 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 I'm. Going off the top of my head, and you got your phone, but pull up that weight sometime. Ronda, where I'm like, one twenty. Yeah, to where I'm like, I'm like, yo, she would throw a punch. I'd but, probably catch it. I'd probably wrap her up, and we'd go to the ground. Nah, and from you, there, no, 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 no. so you saying them hands move. is so lethal? No, I couldn't wrap them up. If you grab her, that's still that's ass. over for your face. Yo, that's over for you because she's a judo Olympic judo champion. See, because I was saying and that judo, about bro. It don't matter how big or small those motherfuckers are. They will throw you. No, they will throw because it's technique. Because I was it's saying that technique. about about Mayweather and McGregor when they uh-huh. were talking about that fight, which. It happened, and it was like, come exactly. on, dude. Maybe but but I was saying, yeah. even in MMA, I think he could beat him because his hands, Ooh, I don't boy, think he could get no. close to him. No. So you think McGregor would definitely yeah. win that, too? Yes, because then you could use your feet. You can. He can take him down. That you know would be something he, to see, and I thought they were going to do that. Wasn't that their no, plan? That was, yeah, they were smart. Got he's not scared. He will actually lose. He will actually get his ass whooped in. I believe that, too. I feel like and Mayweather MMA. is such a good boxer. It's just a different level. Like I don't think you could get close to him. Yeah, like when it comes to boxing, he just got that art form down. Like McGregor yeah, didn't stand but a if, chance. But, but if McGregor sweeps his leg... Yeah, if it goes to like MMA, I don't know how comfortable Mayweather's going to be on his back. He's fucked. He's fucked, though. Like so that, you think that technique is too heavy? The MMA that? technique would be too heavy for him? Because you, you can use everything. 
Hmm. It's one thing if Mayweather did kickboxing on the side, then you'd be like, you, you know what's right, he can hang because he can use his legs. Yeah. He's used to using his legs to attack. You're used to using your legs to evade and keep distance while still getting your offense off in boxing, right? Yeah. So if you're in MMA, their whole thing is using your entire body as a weapon, and you're mm-hmm. not used to that in boxing. You know what I mean? So if he was doing, like I said, if he was doing K1, if he was yeah. taking Muay Thai... Or something like that, where he got used to in conditioning his legs to throw blows, to be able to counter like a shoot, like a dude shot at his legs, and he can counter him with his legs, then I'd be like, all right, maybe. He can hang with him for three yeah. rounds. But not doing anything? I tell you, I tell you what's interesting about ass. all of this stuff. Yeah, it's seven. So, Don, oh, if you want to go yeah, ahead, ride yeah. out. Damn, that went by we, quick, we man. I enjoyed hanging with y'all, and, man. Uh, we'll, uh, nice talking yeah, to This y'all. is going to come out Monday. So. Oh, sweet. Quick so, Don, real quick, tell them where they can find you on social media, man. Check out my Instagram at um, Dom of NYC. Dom is my name, Dom. D O M O F N Y C. That's no Dominatrix shit. Don't be sending me pictures of swollen nuts or not. Just fuck <laughs> up. I got to say that. People send me some fucked up shit because that. But it's Dom of NYC. And YouTube, I tell some other fight stories if you want to hear. It's um, Dom's Details. That's one word. Dom's Details on YouTube. Uh, any shows coming up next week? Next week? I got anywhere? Caroline's. I'm actually hosting um, January 13th at 8 o'clock. Come through Caroline's. January 13th, 8 o'clock. Yo, thanks for coming right, through. Man, Go ahead. You. Get out of here. Yo, get to your show. Me and Eve going to rock out real quick here for a couple of minutes. We got a couple of subjects to run through. Uh... We was just talking about fighting. What I was going to tell him, actually, where, and he would he would have been good on, too, was interesting about that fighting shit is, I think we mentioned Ronda Rousey, right? That, like, how women's MMA really is just starting. So, like, the same way they say, like, Jackie Robinson was the first, but he wasn't the best. Right, right, right. Willie Mays coming behind him was considered the, the best. best black player, right? Uh, and how it's like these learning curves of, like, They'll hold somebody up because even remember Kimbo Slice. Yeah. When people were like, he's the best. And then he got this, that first fight. They that put him on made, TV, yeah. national televised, and, and he lost. I mean, rest in peace to Did him. Did he lose? But, I thought he won. Nah, he lost. Remember, really? it was a big loss. I thought he won his first fight. Maybe it wasn't his first, but the big one. Remember, they got like a contract with like like ABC, and then it was big and national, and it was supposed to be the thing that got it over the hump, and then he lost. Yeah, And then people were like, wait a minute. He didn't have the conditioning. Right, because he was a street brawler. It's not so much that. I think he really, that heart condition really fucked with him. You know, that's what he died of. He died of a heart yeah. condition. So he probably always had a problem with his conditioning. It's the same thing with old boy. What's my man, Anthony Joshua? I was telling somebody, I was like, yo, Anthony Joshua, when you watch him fight, I don't know if you ever watched him. Yeah. He breathed real heavy. Like, he don't have good conditioning. I'm like, yo, he might have a, a heart problem or he might have something. Yeah. Because, like, when he beat uh, Klitschko, he outlasted Klitschko. He didn't really beat him. Klitschko old as fuck. You're young. You hit him, he fell. You, it, but if he would have knocked him down one more time, that fight would have been over. Yeah, it's like, Klitschko, and when I saw him that, watch, Klitschko, that big ass Russian, looked like he like was made in the lab. Both of them motherfuckers, <laughs> Drago for real. Drago for real. And yeah. they don't even put, they don't even look like they punch hard. They look like a lot of their punches are slaps, and they still be fucking motherfuckers up. Yeah, but shit, if you keep pounding, <laughs> that's, but, that's uh, I don't know, like uh, you right, Ronda. 
Ronda was great because Ronda had she was, was obliterating. Um, she was obliterating the competition, but you know, for, like you said, the women's division was still in its infancy. Yeah, she didn't fight like was, a Chris Cyborg. Like, I always feel like, it's, like there's there's that learning curve because, yeah. like I said, even with Kimbo, and I'd have to go back and look it up, but. I'm pretty sure he the was first fight sensation. they took put yeah him on prime time and then he lost and it was like ah and then the same with Rousey where they kind of hyped her and then was it Nunez the girl that was yeah actually, it was after a while though, she, she was, was like a world class like no it wasn't Nunez something. that beat her it was the white girl um the I'm white girl beat her the first name. she was a boxer she used to be a boxer yes and she and the girl came the with shit. mad experience she and, beat and the that's the shit thing like you were saying to where it's like. The learning curve, and then people catch up to the style, but and then the maybe the even will come from other shit that they're better. The, at. The, right, the girl who who she who beat her was a was a world class boxer. Yeah, and, yeah, but she also had an ex, she also had a size advantage on Rousey. Yeah, she was taller than her. But I'm saying to where her, the sport's like, so new, it's like yeah. new contestants coming. Like, oh, I'm sure I could do that. Right, 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 right. Almost right. how uh, Marion Jones, well, eh, I guess that wouldn't be the same, but similar. Marion Jones. The sprinter? Remember, she played basketball, though. No, oh, okay. And she was just faster than but she was too, But she, she was, was a two-sport athlete, though. Yeah, she so. didn't, like, play basketball and then say, oh, I want to be a sprinter. No, but what, 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 what I'm saying is that skill translated so heavy into that because oh, okay, she yeah, just yeah. would blow right past people. I was just watching something with uh, Joe Rogan was talking about CM Punk. I was CM watching Punk. old video. You know CM Punk, the wrestler. Okay, yeah. He tried to do MMA. Right. It was horrible. He got his ass whooped. Hmm. He had two fights, I think, maybe two or three. CM and he got Punk. his ass beat. And Joe Rogan was talking about him like, look, he's not an athlete. Like, he's not like, he's used to being in a scripted environment with wrestling. Oh, he did it where, after wrestling? Yeah. He became oh, an yeah, MMA he fighter. Was he was getting his ass beat. You have to put the punk part Bro, first. They was beating the shit out of him. Punk CM. <laughs> but yo, like, Rogan was like, yo, you can tell he doesn't have athletic bone in his body, pretty mm. much. You know what I mean? He's but more I of an actor. That, he's a but big I can guy tell that, and an actor. Yeah, but he's not even a big guy. He's a small dude <laughs> with no no physique. But this is the shit that I used to see about him when he was in wrestling. My my son ended up be watching him like, yeah. this dude is terrible. Oh, like, you can tell yeah, by him wrestling. Mechanics like, he used to like, like, come across. And was, the funny thing was, his whole shtick in wrestling was, he was a fucking martial artist. Got so you. he would do these kicks and do all this shit. Yeah. But now you're in a ring with real martial artists and you don't know what the fuck you're doing. It was, nah, of course not. He wasn't like yeah. a Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar see, that's why I was saying a lot of shit just doesn't translate. Brock Lesnar was a world-class wrestler and he went in UFC and dominated a little bit. You oh, Brock I mean? Lesnar did make the transition. And then, like, yeah, Kurt Angle that went from Olympic pro wrestling or Olympic wrestling, Olympic wrestling to, to regular, regular wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, but he was a legit athlete. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. I mean? So you, maybe yeah. it works one way, but not the other way. Right. Which people always hit you with, oh, wrestling, but it's so fake. And it's like, Dude, porn's fake. That work. bitch ain't a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> like people always be like, yo, you know they did edit this. They did not fuck for thirty minutes. Yeah, straight. them like, people ain't really getting taken. It's been up. three movies. Like, no, <laughs> not at all. So people always want to bring oh, that up man. for wrestling and try to ruin it for people. I just wanted to run through some things real quick. Of course, we seen the uh, flicks of some of our fellow comedian friends at the SNL after party. Oh yeah, yeah we yeah, all had to bro. send that text like, yo. Y'all yeah. couldn't call your boy, though? I was just chilling, man. But nah, uh, I actually 
looked at it right at like probably ten thirty and decided, damn, I'm in the house. Got me some uh, good old bullet bourbon. Sat down like, yo, I'm about to actually watch SNL. Like, yeah. I'm about to really check it out. Like, I I enjoyed it, man. Nostalgically, not me. I I never did watch SNL though. I was always a Mad TV guy. But when Eddie comes back, Living got, Color. When Eddie comes back, Mad you gotta TV. fucking watch SNL, man. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. It it was it was too stuck on nostalgia for me, and a lot. And they didn't really. To me, what this is what it did. It wasn't Eddie. Eddie was. Eddie. Yeah. To me, it showed for me how weak the writing in SNL really is at this point. Because uh, my thing is, it, it it was Eddie stuck in. You get what I'm saying? I it get was what like, you're saying. It was, it was like a lot of writing. plug and play. It wasn't but like anything that was to really me, dope. That was it. why they did it was to show and to nostalgic and just update uh, run updates uh, on really some of the pieces that he was running like, I, I enjoyed Mr. Robinson's it was I, I, but I, it was predictable I enjoyed it but I get what you said but it was literally a plug and play of like and I think some of those things are just like a um, like a uh, you know when someone's on the fourth and one on the goal line mm-hmm. take it right up the middle uh, what is it called a halfback yeah halfback sneak fullback dive hand the ball off Take it right but down my the thing middle. Is I always look at the hype. If you're gonna hype something, you should at least have the episode meet the hype. But I, I don't really think I they hyped it. I they think it was the anticipation shit. of him not being there for 30 years. Bro, I did like that he. I like that he got over the whole whatever the joke was. That was it. Chevy Chase that made the joke. Oh, you talk no. The Fallen know. Star joke no, that, that pissed boy, Eddie that off. David Spade. David Spade. David Spade which, did a did, did, which the, the gall yeah. of David Spade to be yeah. making a joke about it. Eddie Murphy. But isn't it? But he did the joke. But wasn't it okay by Lauren or something like? Well, it yeah. Like they Nothing did, gets on the show show. without. You know, I'm saying, but it was like it was kind of supposedly yeah, pushed was, like oh, a little, little shot that. at him, a shot at him for leaving the show. I guess right? there is some level of maybe he should have tougher skin, but then it's also a level of like I'm the reason that shit exists. Still, still exists. Yeah, yeah. It's like. But then again. It's a show run by a white guy. <laughs> so that show is going to be mean, around. I mean, fair enough. That show is going to be around regardless. It's an institution. But I, you know what I mean? I, I enjoyed it. And I mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I when you say institution, I wish they'd have kept Mad TV or In, in Living Living Color, Color or some of that shit going longer. But it is, made, it is what it is. They made way more meaningful stars. It is what it is. Uh, well, who's more meaningful? than Eddie Murphy. But I'm saying, and, and you're saying maybe after. But I'm that. talking about Jim Carrey. Oh Jamie no, Fox, without, without a doubt, Rock, without a doubt, Sean it, and Marlon. I mean, but Rock was on it. SNL too, but, so and yeah, then came but he got over. Fired and he came over, and then came over. You know what I mean? And like he did this more is the sketches. show you should be on. He did more sketches over there. It's the same thing. Damon, <laughs> Damon was on SNL. Was he? Yeah, they fired him. That's crazy. They fired him. Well, it's just like a sports team where sometimes they just don't know what to do with certain people. Which, I mean, obviously, them just having an Asian character is like, we live in New York City, dog. And it seemed like all they did was make him play How many Asian characters are, you know, you see 40 Asians on your way to work. Mm-hmm. And Hispanics and everything else, so yeah, that's all always a major oversight. But I, I enjoyed it, especially the monologue, <laughs> mm. the little shot at Cosby. I was like, eh. 
He could have deal Fair with Fair enough. Yeah, he could Because Cosby took them shots at him when it, early on, you know. So. But he also did but he also did the he but he did the joke. This is the thing. Oh, Cosby, raw. He did the joke on Raw. I hear you. He did the joke I, on Raw. He did the joke when he did the Mark Twain. But Mark I Twain especially thought it was dope enough, dope to see Eddie Chappelle rock yeah, all of the photo op together. Yeah, it was, it was because good for people, comedy hype. People try. Oh God, no, <laughs> nothing's good for comedy hype. That was good for comedy. Nothing's hype, good for comedy. Hebrew inspiration. No, stop. Black stop. excellence. Stop. You want to listen? Listen. 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 Huh? You want to get me started? Talk, Talk to me God about fucking comedy, comedy hype. <laughs> oh my God, boy! They got another it. episode. They got that shit right, boy. Hype. Yeah. Like motherfucker, you got a platform, shine some light on some of these comedians. All they do is dig up people and get them to say something bad. Yeah. Who gives a fuck what Faze on Love thinks of Dave Chappelle? It's good. It's good fucking uh, Well, it gets people talking. Gets people the gossip and, and bullshit yeah. gets but people. My thing talking. is that's one of the things that you do, like I was just talking about protecting the business. It's like with like I said, with wrestling, it's like you know about kayfabe. You know that things are supposed to stay insular. Like if you're the Iron Sheik and I'm Hulk Hogan, we're fucking mortal enemies. Nobody's right. supposed to see us driving down the the, the Garden State yeah. Parkway together onto our smiling next gig, smiling and yeah, drinking yeah. And, and getting bitches. Nobody's supposed to Which know that. Which is funny because the now they comedy. got the cameras and everyone gets to see everything. Every, everything. Like you said, they pulled so the now with comedy, comedy don't have that because everybody can't be in in every green room. They can't be in. So everything that's supposed to be behind the scenes with uh come amongst us, it's out in which the is open, why which makes everyone believe they're a part is, of, the, like you said, the fraternity. Which is why I don't like that shit. Because like I said, comedy hype always want to ask, oh, do y'all think such and such is funny? And it's like, that's some trolling ass shit you know. Yeah. Most people are negative online. They right, sitting right, at right. work doing whatever the fuck they boss got to say. Hell right. yeah, they going to write in the comments that they not funny. Right. Because what, what does it cost them to do that? They're not risking anything. And yeah. that's the thing people forget. Social media, man. People get caught on how many followers I had to manage them. Actually, a black one talked to me about followers. And it's like, that shit is a bunch of children. And it's free. Mm-hmm. All that shit is free. Ask them motherfuckers to come pay for tickets to a show. Now, obviously, I'm smart enough to understand that if you have 5 million followers, then the likelihood the percentage of, of 10% of, them, 6% of them yeah. coming to a show are greater. greater. Yeah. But also, like I said, a lot of that shit is children. Mm-hmm. Even a lot of them uh, <laughs> Instagram models and shit. It's <laughs> like, don't get gassed. Your followers are 12-year-old boys. That. And, and, it's a, and it's a bunch pictures. of motherfuckers that want to fuck you. Well, obviously. Even, they're so not fans. They're not people who are supporters. It's like, yeah. you know, they, it's catcalls. It's, if you yeah, have I 2 just, million followers, that's just, 2 million catcallers. That's, that's just it. my frustration a little. That's why, like I said, the way comedy hype and different people troll, shade room and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, who is the funniest black comedian? You know, you see some of these memes where... You know, they got cat. One person must go. And it's a picture of, you know, Kevin Hart, Cat Who's Williams, the opener? Who's Dave the... Chappelle. Not even that, because that's at least giving everyone everybody a job. a job. But I'm saying these, well, one of them must go. Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, Cat Williams, Chris Rock. One must go. It's like, why the fuck we still got the goddamn only two niggas can be in the house mentality of like, right, right, right. no, this is real life. One of them don't have to go. There's right. room for them all. For them all right? Then when they you see Mike Epps come on Breakfast Club and diss Kevin Hart and then Kevin Hart come on there and have to defend himself 
he always tries to keep himself in a positive space. He tries not to Get take shots it, right. at people, but people are so messy because the media's messy. Because right. they basically troll you and ask you, oh, what you think of, and you know that motherfucker don't like him. He right. already told you that three interviews ago. Right. So, yeah, and then, you know, Cat, you know, dissing everybody. <laughs> and it's just like, yo, these, I mean, these I think, memes become real life to I where think, people really yeah, do yeah. start to feel like one of them has to go. But that's what I'm I saying. Think Kat, I think Cat, this is what I. Go ahead, finish it up. But that's why I'm saying it was great to see them three because people try. People people talk that. to Rock and then Rock will always go, I think Chappelle's the best. And Chappelle will always go, I think Rock's the best. And then they both will be like, but Eddie's the god or whatever, you know. Right, right, right. Once Richard passed, it kind of became Eddie, the elder statesman. Right. It uh this the <laughs> This is the funny thing, like, people was debating because it got into a heated debate about Cosby, about the Cosby joke or whatever, about uh, Cosby or whatever. And this is the point that I made. I said, you know, the irony about the, the thing he got with Cosby is that when Cosby said, hey, come to me, I'm down in Atlantic City, I think it was. Yeah. He said, and watch me and I'll show you how it's done. The irony of that is that, yes, people, they say he's out, he was out of line for saying what he said to Eddie, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, when I looked at it, and I think I may have said this in that thread, Cosby's doing comedy up until the scandal, well into his 70s. Yeah. Selling out theaters on a humble. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what's what I'm saying is we are sitting here wondering what type of stand-up comedian Eddie's going to be after 35 years away. So my thing was, if, let's, all right. If I even play devil's advocate and I go Cosby was out of line, which he which he was, a lot of people say he was. Oh, right? to say that to, to Eddie. say that to Eddie that come and watch me to see how it's done. Yeah, who's to say that if he would have gone and seen how Cosby worked, that Eddie probably would have never taken a break from stand up comedy. You understand what I'm saying? It's because Eddie doesn't know what type of comic he's gonna be. Gotcha. You gotta think of he's sitting in a position. The best thing for me. For Eddie, look outside looking in, it's just my opinion, is that what made him what made him in terms of stand-up yeah. is the fact that he left when he did. Mm-hmm. And he never had an inkling or gave you an inkling that he was coming back. It's like back. the argument that's made for Biggie. For right, he one, died. Right, he died young. In my opinion, Tupac, same that's thing. the best two-album run ever. Right. <laughs> Ready to Die is my favorite album of all time, rap. Yeah, America's Most Wanted, Ice Cube is, is up there because it's, it's sampled in the beginning of Ready to Die. So you got know you where got he you. got the idea from. Right. Say East Coast version. So it's version the same thing. Of. It's like it, it, it preserves his mystique. Yes. So it's the same thing with Eddie. To so my yeah, thing is, preserved and then the people mystique. are like, oh, we're waiting. Never got into this the thing that bugs special. me out too. People go with the hype behind Eddie right now with everyone is, Eddie's blah, 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 blah. I'm like, y'all have, y'all do remember this guy wasn't like just gone. He put movies out. Some were good, a lot were bad. Yeah, like we've but, seen him bomb. But you know, stand up shit. is a completely stand up is different. Di- but this is my, this, but this is my moving parts with movies, right? We get it. But this is the, my point. Had he a lot of shit, people were kicked about what Cosby said. Yeah. But if you look at the stand up careers, Cosby was doing stand up. No, so you're he saying he outlasted years him. Old. You're saying he outlasted him, and he still you're did. You're saying we need to see what a. Uh, Eddie looks like. Right. We're wondering what type of comic is he going to be. Is he going to be what he was 35 years ago? Do you what is a think that if Cosby gets Murphy? out of prison, if he survives, he'll come back and do stand-up? Goddamn right. Yeah. 
I think he I will. hope he curses in that next. Oh question. yeah, and actually tells us and he'll exactly still sell out what, and tells us exactly, exactly. What, what, what does he have to lose and how it yeah what, what does he have what to lose have he to already lose went to jail. What I'm saying is like and my thing is if he came back and he did stand up if he survives the, the prison term if he came out and did stand up he would probably still be more polished than Eddie. He's blind because he's been doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's been doing he it. Probably what just I understand, he's crazy doing it jokes in... about being blind. Oh, whatever. Which, yeah. But he's been doing it. The um, thing is, Eddie hasn't done stand up in 35 years. But that's the anticipation of but waiting anticipation. to see. Which is funny. It's but only this is, on our listen, side, listen, though. This is the beautiful the, part uh, about stand up. Uh-huh. This is the beautiful part. 35 fucking years. What else could somebody come back to? You think Heather Hunter could come back after 35 years? Would you still turn on the Hell tape and watch her good. ride? Hell no. <laughs> Be like, hey, Vanessa Del Rio, she in her 70s. She looked like, a little uh, rusty getting up there. <laughs> she just had hip surgery. <laughs> Mama still got it. That's uh, like that that would be the name of the tape. Mama oh, still got it. Hey, yeah, look, sad, don't be un. Somebody clicking that senior uh, button on Pornhub. <laughs> All right, uh, we, we close to wrapping up him. Maybe another 15? Yeah, yeah, man. Queen of Slim. Did you check out Queen didn't of Slim? No, didn't see it. Um, I heard, I've, I've heard mixed reviews. Mixed from reviews. It. Um, <laughs> I'll, I won't say it was great because I feel like great is overused nowadays. I say it was good. It was okay. a good movie from my perspective. There was a few things that people was debating. Uh, like, okay, there was some few like crazy choices, and I think with artists like Lena Waithe. Mm-hmm. People don't get symbolism anymore. People mm-hmm. take everything literally. Okay. Like if me and you shook hands in a film, people would take it as me and you shaking hands, which sometimes you see regular people on Twitter and shit, and you're like, oh, these are people who have no concept of art. Mm-hmm. This or, is why or, or critics... Or what they call a motif or whatever, yeah. This is why critics get paid to write. So a few of the choices were... One was the... Uh, Guy goes into a gas station and spoilers, folks, because what the fuck? Yeah, I'm not very into the whole spoilers thing, you know. Somehow I wind up losing uh, the clip the last like 10 minutes of this podcast. So here I am now doing it myself. Uh, Where was I? Oh, Queen of Slim. Yeah, I'm not very into spoilers. If you're a spoilers person, I don't know how the fuck you watch porn because obviously you know how that ends. Uh, I don't know how you watch anything for that matter, you know. But yeah, the movie's been out for like a month now. Uh, Like I said, I feel like there was some big misunderstandings and then even I had some thoughts of my own. Like one is the title, Queen of Slim. I feel like she made all of the decisions in the movie and he just kind of took her, followed her lead and followed her orders, if that makes sense. And they gave a lot more to her backstory than they did his seem like she uh i think the title queen and slim is misleading even i think she is actually both queen and slim uh because i mean he is he's not slim she is and uh i also don't think he is queen either but i think the title i think she is both queen and slim you know and like I said, he basically just followed her orders, which is funny because the whole way they wind up getting pulled over is because um, because she decides on a first date that she's going to take his phone and he asks for it back. 
you know, and she won't give it back. So then finally he reaches over and snatches the phone. And as he swerves in the act of driving and trying to take the phone back, they get pulled over. So really the whole movie and stuff, it was kind of her fault. So like I said, I think she's both queen and slim. Um, and as for spoilers, we ain't too too much interested in that. Like I said, the movie been out for like a month now. So if you haven't seen it, that's on you. I mean, I could literally sit here and talk about any movie. I could sit here and talk about Roots and y'all would be like, oh, come on, bro. Spoiler alert. And it's like, hey, fam, it's been out since 1970 or so. If you haven't seen that, that's on you. But yeah, I was saying how, you know, what was misunderstood online was the uh, guy while they're on the run, he goes into a gas station and the white guy is a cashier there, you know, young white guy. And he's so busy trying to focus on the gun that he doesn't even notice that dude's missing or dude is, you know, on the most wanted list and that, you know, he's wanted and his face is literally on the newspaper right behind the counter that he's working at but he's so worried about the gun and i thought you know people were he asks to see the gun and tells him the gun is the gas is free if he lets him see the gun and people were so upset about that decision in the movie and i'm like nah i think she was trying to say something i think what lena waif was trying to convey was that you know white american male youth is so obsessed with guns that nothing else matters you know and when you look at you know james holmes the batman killer and when you look at dylan roof you know that went in the church and shot those nine black people you know very young white males so i think she was trying to show you know in that scene without saying it that you know they're so obsessed with guns that they don't even care to see anything else you know all right guys uh yeah just uh seem to have lost a foul here so i can't quite find the end of the podcast uh hey i never claimed to be smart right uh but whatever in any case we were almost done anyway um what was i talking about always yapping about queen and slim the movie uh if you haven't seen it it's a good movie go see it check it out uh, it was a lot of things that people was debating online that I that I couldn't understand why they couldn't understand. Like it was a lot of symbolism, uh, symbolism to me. Uh, I fucked that word up. Whatever. It's early. I'm trying to fix this episode and get it out there. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of symbolism, like the white dude in the gas station that took the gun. It just felt like America's obsession with guns to me. Uh, the guy in the movie seemed to do whatever she said. Like, all the decisions were kind of made by her. Uh, then there's the little boy in the movie, uh, the black boy that winds up shooting the black cop that tells him to go home from the protest. And a lot of people had an issue with that as far as why both characters had to be black. But I think what she was hinting at was kind of the danger that you never know who you might inspire, you know? You might inspire somebody way too young to even understand what's going on and the decisions that you had to make, you know. Their life was put in danger, therefore they had to make a decision that ended as 
resulted in somebody else losing their life, you know? So I think that's more of what that represented. Uh, then there was the black cop that when they were in the house, let them escape. He tried to explain to the white cop like, yo, I think I heard a noise coming from over there. But the white cop was kind of undermining his, uh, his authority and was like, no, you didn't hear nothing. That's just a bird. What you talking about? And I think at some point he kind of realized like, oh shit, even if I catch them right now in this garage, this guy who's above me is gonna take all the credit for my work. And why let that happen? So he just let them keep going. Then obviously people had issues with the end and where the black guy, you know, the thug, the one with the gold slugs turned them in. But I think, I mean, statistically speaking, who needs the money more than us, you know? It was very sad the way it ended, you know. But it got me to thinking about uh, some run-ins that I had with cops. Like I was telling Ibrahim on this now lost segment of the podcast that uh, I had a run-in with a cop back when I lived in Indianapolis. Uh, my little sister called me to help her change a flat tire. I go to help her change the flat tire. And for some reason, it's a cop there. I get out the car. It's like 2 in the morning. It's snowy. It's cold. I get out the car and the cop just yells at me, get back in your car. This is an investigation. Now he's in an unmarked car. So I'm like, yo, not for nothing, man. I'm more afraid of what my mom will do if I leave you out here on the side of the road with my little sister than what you'll do. Finally, he keeps yelling, yo, get back in your car. This is an investigation. So finally I say, all right, man, this dude is obviously a little off. You know, he's kind of crazy. Let me just go ahead and get back in my car. And as I go to open my car door, this dude jumps on my back. So naturally, I kind of duck, you know. I've been watching WWF my whole life, you know. I kind of duck to throw him off me. I wind up slamming him in the snow. He gets up out of the snow as he's on the ground about to get up. Now, I'm I'm mad because now I realize he made me slam him. That was a natural reaction. Like, I'm not a hard ass. I wasn't trying to slam him at all. I was just doing what he told me to do. He told me to leave. So I told him, hey, I'm going to go across the street because I don't trust you. You know what I mean? I'm not leaving you here alone with her. So, yeah, now that I slammed him, I'm looking at him like, yo, where is your badge? Like, where is your gun? Like, what are you doing? Finally, he finds his badge or whatever and starts yelling at me, get on the ground, get on the ground. Now, mind you, it's cold. So I'm like, man, uh, I'm not getting on the ground. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know who you are, where your car is, where your uniform is. He was in, he was a plain clothes. So I think he was headed home was what wound up being the story. But it was just like, you could tell as he was yelling at me, get on the ground. Like he really wanted me to respect his authority. I don't know why they let these cops be, you know, like there should be a certain height. You got to be in a certain weight. I don't know why they let these cops be, you know, five foot two, you know, and I'm not too big myself, you know. I'm 5'4", five, 5'6", uh, five, with platforms on, uh, if this was the 70s. But yeah, he was just a very small guy. He, it was very obvious, you know, he, he probably didn't get any respects on the street outside of when he was in his uniform. Because the way he had to yell at me was like crazy. Yo, get on the ground. Get on the ground. Like I said, it's snowing. So I'm like, yo, fuck you. I'm not doing none of that. So finally, another cop car pulls up. And uh, the cops, you know, 
got their guns out and they like, yo, get on the ground. So naturally, I don't want them to see me resisting arrest because you know how that winds up. You wind up being a hashtag. I don't want to see hashtag Phil Hunt trending, you know. This was pre all of the Twitter and BLM stuff, though. So who knows? Nobody might not have even made a hashtag for me. You know, MySpace, it wasn't very, <laughs> very helpful with the uh, police murders. But uh, yeah, he's like, get on the ground. So yeah, the, when the backup came, I was like, all right, let me get on the ground. They got proper uniform, proper badges, and they got guns drawn already. I didn't need them to see me resisting. But uh, yeah, they went ahead and handcuffed me. What that wound up happening was they charged her with a DUI, which I mean, she was point one over. And it's like, yo, I got a friend who... You know, it's a white guy and he's got, you know, I think two DUIs, which I think three is a felony. And he told me, you know, he would have had, you know, four by now if it had not been for officers letting him say, yo, leave your car keys here and walk home, you know, or hey, call somebody right now. So it was just very crazy to me that they, you know, this one cop went so hard to charge her with a DUI for being point one over you know, and I come to help change of what I thought was just a flat tire. And I mean, it was a flat tire, but I'm thinking he's there to help her. And obviously he's not, you know, with you this complexion, they rarely ever there to help. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Queen and Slim drew up a lot of memories of that. You know, if you ever had any type of struggles with the cops, then you already know that movie wasn't lying. Boy, they will put you in a situation quick. You know, what you thought was a friendly routine traffic stop all of a sudden becomes a m murder investigation uh, you know they act like they pulled over el chapo but uh i'm gonna let you guys out of here on that note uh thanks for listening uh as usual find me at i am phil hunt on all social media platforms and uh ibrahim at ibrahim khalif and uh the comic who was on this episode and graced us with the fight stories was Dominic Leonelli. So look him up and thanks for listening.